Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I could get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. How much do you know about infertility? If you haven't experienced it yourself, chances are not much. And just because you've fallen pregnant once doesn't mean you will always conceive easily a second time. A lot of the information we get about infertility can come from the media, and it's not always a complete and truthful picture. Joining us now to clear up some of the misconceptions around fertility is Elizabeth Mucci. She's the head practitioner and director of Life on the Inside, a holistic centre that supports women's health. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hello. What are some of the most common infertility or fertility myths? Uh, That a lot of the problems are the woman's fault. That's one of them. Um, If they've had a child, then they should be able to have many more pretty easily, that, you know, it's only a matter of time and they can fall pregnant, you know, eventually. There's there's all that. If they're young, they can fall pregnant. If they're old, they can't. But, you know, it, there's so much out there that's, uh, you know, misguided, actually. A lot of it, it is, you know, it is a science and there is a lot of stuff that we can do and be proactive about, but you've got to know about it. You've got to um, really investigate. And so often what happens is you end up going down to see a GP. GP sends you to an IVF specialist or a gynaecologist and they're going to take you down a path that um, they know best to take you down because they're they're using the tools that they're used to using. Um, But there are so many other tools and so many other things that are hidden and um, a lot of these areas are sitting in grey areas. And so it's going to depend on the approach. It's going to depend on... um, yeah, I mean, what that particular doctor wants to do. So often people will end up down the road of IVF for many years, like a lot of my patients, and uh, there's been simple things that haven't been looked at, and then they fall pregnant once they see me just by investigating beyond those, you know, looking outside the box a little bit, what could be going on. How common is infertility? It's one in six. Because what I find amazing about that, that sounds really high to me, one in six, but it still feels like there's... A slight taboo around speaking about infertility, perhaps a level of shame or embarrassment. Do you Mm, see that? I do. And especially like I've had um, some of the husbands come and not want to get sperm analysis because it's almost like a shame around it or, um, you know, it couldn't be them because they've gone down the road of IVF and they've not actually been told that it's really them uh, because you know, a lot of the time with IVF, they they take the approach. There's not much that a, a person can do, um, a guy can do, and that's why they're needing them is because their sperm might have issues or something like that and, and that it can't be fixed. But actually a lot of the time it can be fixed. Because one of the other side of that coin is it, men feeling shame that perhaps it is something related to their sperm. Mm. But the other side of that coin is I have heard women say so many times that they've felt their body has let them down, that they're not doing what a woman is meant to do, Mm. which sounds so soul-destroying to Mm. me, to blame yourself for something that is not necessarily entirely out of your hands, but there's definitely not something that you've done to cause it. Mm. 
No, 100%. And that, that does happen a lot, especially with IVF, when they're, they've got proof that they're creating embryos and then they're implanting and transferring those embryos and it just doesn't work. So they sort of see their womb almost like a tomb. You know, I've had that described to me as, you know, what's going on? I'm, I'm obviously taking a live embryo and it's over and over and over and 15, 20 embryos get transferred and none of them are actually creating a pregnancy but a lot of the time you know they will be there will be other factors you know were were the drugs actually too harsh for them were they making them create you know substandard embryos was there an infection that nobody checked them for so it's they're just sitting there with an endometriitis scenario and therefore they implant the embryo and it's not working or they might have a hidden endometriosis and because they had a child maybe five years ago it might have been mild then but as they've gone on and they're a bit older and especially with endometriosis, there's a particular setup that makes it much worse in particular people. And so with IVF, as soon as you have a little bit and you start u- of endometriosis and you start using IVF drugs, they're going to get much worse. So years of IVF go through, they go through years of IVF and now they've got you know, um, a multiple stage, like you know, stage three or something, endometriosis, and they actually need a laparoscopy and nobody's doing it for them because they're also aged. And so because they're sitting maybe in a 42-year-old age gap, they're blaming the egg quality instead of maybe the disease. And so a lot of the time I'm investigating, getting them operated, and they've fallen pregnant naturally and gone on to have two children, you know, at 43 and 45, just by dealing with the problem that was at hand and it was never their quality of their eggs at all. You mentioned uh, earlier that one of the myths is that you're too old to fall pregnant. That is something that, firstly, we are having babies later, a lot of us. But secondly, when when women struggle to conceive and they're older, they think, oh, I've left it too late. This is just my lot. I'm going to have to accept it and move on. Mm. What do you say to that? Well, most of my women are actually between the ages about 36 and 46. I have a really high success rate. Um, It's not about really the age too much that will have an impact eventually but it's more the fact that after 35 a lot of your hormones are getting lazy and it's the lazy hormones that are having an impact or if they haven't had children or they might have had it may have had a child maybe 15 years earlier and had a second partner now um, you know that sort of thing they might have things like endometriosis that need to be addressed or or polyps that are doing you know um, creating some havoc in the fact that they've, you know, time's gone on. They're a- they've aged as far as they've given it time before they've had pregnancies one after the other. So it's more the fact that as they're older, they really should be doing more investigation and having a look at maybe having a laparoscopy, maybe having a look at what could be hidden there that needs to be cleaned up. And therefore, I work more on reversing their age, you know, not having them in the average, bringing them back in time, making their hormones perfect so that they're mimicking more of a a 30-year-old instead of a 40-year-old and um, getting their fitness up, their diet, you know, happening. Because a lot of the time, you know, our, our environment especially is high in calories, but sugar especially, and uh, ovaries are really sensitive to sugar. And so the older you get and you've been living your life like that, especially if um, you've been whining and dining a lot and you've, you know, you've just want 
you know, one thing after another and you're not really doing much for your fitness, especially if you're a mother of maybe a five-year-old or, you know, or a five and a six-year-old, now you're thinking you'll have your last child, you know, your third. And uh, you're not sleeping, you know, you're being disturbed and lifestyle's really different. Um, and you can't just pull yourself away and meditate or exercise and do the things that rejuvenate yourself. Um, that can create problems too. And when we're waking up in the middle of the night and we're doing stuff like that, it's disrupting the way our body sees day and night. So there's so many things that we can do to improve our average age to improve our fertility but it's more the fact that yeah you, you you've got to be aware of it and you've got to be ready to do what it takes to to prepare you know your body for pregnancy and uh, reju- yeah rejuvenate the the hormone levels and and the rest. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Elizabeth Mucci. She's the head practitioner and director of Life on the Inside. It's a holistic centre that supports women's health. And we're speaking about um, infertility, which is something that Elizabeth works with women on in her centre and their partners, I should say. One of the things I've noticed as a mum of two is that I have friends who've gone through infertility and I'm often left lost for how I can help them. I mean, do you have any advice for those of us who have friends going through this kind of situation and how we might support them? Um, well, you definitely would want to share this particular <laughs> episode. Um, actually, there's so many girls. A lot of the time, um, a lot of people come to me and I know they've been connected to someone else just because they shared their story. And that was amazing. And often I know how hard it is, has been for some. And there's always the, uh, look, no one talks about it and there's a taboo around it or they feel really um, scared to talk about it because I don't have children and they feel like um, they can't talk to me about it because I might make them sad. But actually, if you can, like, um, share some stories and, you know, it's very normal. It is one in six. I mean, one in uh, miscarriages are one in two to three, depending on your age. Um, and it really, I, what I've seen in my patients is a lot of people feel so grateful that somebody took the time to talk to them and share their story and that it's not shameful and it's extremely common and there are answers and there are ways around it. Um, so, yeah, it's more the fact that... Um, you want to, you know, empathise with them, definitely, um, especially knowing how beautiful it is to have children and that, you know, that, that sense. But just more, you know, help them be by their side through the process and, um, yeah, try and maybe guide them in something like this, you know. And also, I think, don't make the assumption just because they've had one child doesn't mean they don't want more. Mm. I mean, you should never assume those things anyway, mm. right? No, but it doesn't mean that that second attempt is any less heartbreaking if no, you want a second exactly child. Right. Yeah. So you have helped lots and lots of patients start their own families. Are there any common worries across the women that come and men that come to see you? The the worry is as they get older, you know, obviously um, they want a healthy child because the, there's the idea or definitely the stats to, to back it up that the older you get, the chances of having a defected child goes up. Um, but, you know, in 18 years, I haven't had any defected child be born. Um, there's a lot we can do to improve that or decrease the chances, but and also increase the chance of fertility. But that is definitely one of their concerns. Or the the main one is really they're running out of time and the panic that's involved in that. And and it's very real because a a lot of the, you know, doctors out there and um, IVF specialists, and I work alongside them, 
you know, and I, and I have a lot of respect for quite a few that work alongside with me. But some will put a lot of pressure and I've had patients lose sleep over this. I've had patients, you know, um, go into panic attacks and anxiety and needing even medication because they realise that, you know, they're being told, well, if you don't hurry, you may not get a chance at all. And they're tr- they're trying to fall pregnant. So they sit there and, you know, that therefore they're sold. It's like, yep, okay, I'll do hundreds of rounds of IVF if that's what it takes. But a lot of the time that's making things worse because it's really stressing out the ovaries. And, and look, some of my patients have to do... I use IVF, but I like to work alongside them while they do that so that I can reduce the side effects and improve the chances. So it's not that, you know, if it has to happen, because sometimes women might not have tubes, they might have had two ectopic pregnancies, and uh, or um, a male, they'll, they'll have to go into the testes to retract sperm. And so that's fine, but they've come to me where they've already done that process. It hasn't worked. We've dealt with stuff and then they go back and it works. But I think if you can share your story, I think if you can, you know, share your struggles um, and if you do manage to fall pregnant and find some answers, share that as well. Women uh, heal really well when they can just talk about things, you know. Elizabeth, that's a lovely spot to end it on. Thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. That was Elizabeth Mucci. She's a head practitioner and director of Life on the Inside. For more on Elizabeth's programs, head to our website for all the links. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.